We'll intervene whenever we decide it's in our national security interest to intervene. And if you don't like it, lump it. The problem with America is not that we go around marauding around the world imposing ourselves. The problem with America in the last 10, 15 years since the end of the Cold War, really in the last 60 years, is that we've been too slow to get involved. I don't know how many Iraqi civilians were killed, but I can assure you that the number is the absolute minimal that it's possible uh, in modern warfare. Every nation in every region now has a decision to make. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. You know, that land over there is yours. You'll go back to it one day because your fight will prevail and you'll have your homes and your mosques back again because your cause is right and God is on your side. Welcome to the darkened hour. Okay, hello Adam and hello everyone. Today it finally comes time to talk about Operation Northwoods. Adam, go ahead. What is Operation Northwoods? Well, um, Operation Northwoods was a drafted proposal which involved the Central Intelligence Agency and some elements from the Department of Defense in it that they would conduct um, acts of terrorism against U.S. military targets in Cuba and give the appearance of terrorism against uh, U.S. citizens and blame the Cuban government, which in turn would have the public backing for a war, an invasion against Cuba. Uh, this is commonly known as a false flag. Uh, due to the rise of communism in the 1950s in Cuba, led by the rise of Fidel Castro, uh, the U.S. government was absolutely fearful of the continued infiltration of communism, of inside U.S. interests abroad, and especially inside the United States. Uh, just two years prior, during the final year of Eisenhower's tenure as president, another covert uh, intelligence military operation was also drafted, and that was termed, uh, it was codenamed Operation Mongoose, uh, which was officially authorized by uh, the newly elected President Kennedy on November 4th, 1962. Operation Mongoose was um, a program aimed at Cuba with the goal of removing communists from power. They aimed for a manufactured revolt against the Castro regime, uh, which were to take place in Cuba by the fall of 1962. There would also be a new democratically affiliated government in Cuba, which in turn would be, of course, be of great interest to the United States. Uh, the operation uh, was, of course, protected under plausible deniability in case it failed and it went public. Um, the operation was so secret that many within the Pentagon were not even aware of its existence. Um, just a few people in front of the, the, the man chosen to lead Operation Mongoose was none other than Brigadier General Edward Lansdale uh, from the, US, uh, the United States Air Force, along with uh, CIA Director John McCullough. But it was uh, headed to Lansdale. And a lot of people have heard this name before. Lansdale was considered one of the uh, people that was photographed 
after on the day of Kennedy's assassination when he walks by the uh, the three hobos near the police station. And this is actually depicted in the film JFK by Oliver Stone. Um, and there was an actor portraying Lansdale and he's actually using his hand. He waves off uh, the hobos and almost like a signal telling me it's okay. Um, but the three hobos were um, people suspected they were CIA, right? Right. They were, they were arrested at the, the train yard uh, by a cop that was uh, patrolling around there and they just brought him in. Um, but Northwoods was originally conscripted by the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Lyman Lemniter, and others who were regarded as the, uh, these fringe uh, militant element, uh, elements of the Department of Defense. And they signed off on a draft, which would then be forwarded to the Secretary of Defense, uh, Robert McNamara, who then in, in return gives it to President Kennedy. Now, the operation had many proposals. And if you read the PDF on the Joint Chiefs report on page seven, it had a couple of incidences in which they want to establish a credible attack. And then I'll read some of them off to you. Point one, start rumors, many, use clandestine radio. Two, land friendly Cubans in uniform over the fence to stage attack on US base. Three, Capture Cuban-friendly saboteurs inside the base. Four, start riots near the main base, friendly Cubans. Five, blow up ammunition inside the base, start fires. Six, burn aircraft on base, sabotage. Seven, lob mortar shells from outside of the base into U.S. base. And it was also other ideas. Uh, some of the ideas Northwoods are linked to uh, incidentally, have are affiliated with many of the conspiracy circles involving the attacks of September 11, 2001. And I'll read one off to you, which is pretty interesting if you look at it. Um, quote, an, an aircraft at Eglin Air Force Base would be painted and numbered as an exact duplicate for a civil registered aircraft belonging to a CIA proprietary organization in the Miami area. At the designated time, the duplicate would be substituted for the actual civil aircraft and would be loaded with selected passengers or boarded under carefully prepared aliases. The actual aircraft would be converted to a drone. The drone aircraft and the actual aircraft would be scheduled to allow a rendezvous south of Florida. From the rendezvous point, the passengers carrying aircraft will descend to minimum altitude and go directly into an auxiliary field at Eaglin Air Force Base, where arrangements will be made to evacuate the passengers and return the aircraft to its original status. No status. Uh, end quote. Now, this would be harder to do in today's age because of the advent of technology, cameras, cell phones. Um, there's a lot more agencies involved um, that would be harder to penetrate as opposed to something like this happening where there are no cameras and there are no electronic devices and there are no um, rapid technology as to where information can be passed in seconds. Something like this could be uh, quite plausible. It would be harder today, actually, where the advent of technology. Uh, okay, well, well that's kind of what we're, we're talking about, right? Because right. a lot has been said 
about operation northwards in relation to 9-11 like a lot it's one of the, the central things okay but if you talk to people who are interested in the conspiracy of 9-11 you know the, the demolition of the towers is the big thing that everyone knows about right that's the big talking point um but northwards is you know top three top five on the list i would suggest because the documents um, were declassified. I think they were fully declassified just inside 2001, right? Just prior to 9-11 itself. I meant to note that down. I, I didn't, but I think that's the, the correct date. So right before 9-11 happens, it's almost like, well, you know, from the perspective of, say, someone who's looking at it as a conspiracy, it's almost like the archetypal blueprint of such an event is published where they're talking about faking shootdowns of aircraft and so on. And yeah, like really valuable document, probably worth um, talking as well about Lyman Lemster going off to Europe because um, President Kennedy sacked him after, um, effectively sacked him right after um, after Northwoods for That's right. proposing such a thing, but transferred him to be like supreme commander of um, NATO in Europe. And that's when you have like the false flag terrorism, and the Gladio operations happening uh, there that coincides with that time period off you know, blowings up of um, train stations and cars, particularly in Italy, um, where as carried out by right-wing groups to pin it on the Italian left and um, with the backing of the Italian state and security services. So yeah, the Northwoods probably tells you more about what went on in Europe during the 60s and 70s than it does about 9-11 in some ways, not to take away from what it says about 9-11, but it is it's really, really direct link um, there. Um, I think, okay, so um, my circuitous point is like, why are we talking about Northwoods when it's so well documented? I think um, one thing that's like we've discussed, Adam, is the influence Northwoods has had on conspiracy culture, right? Um, so around about, now I'm going to say, I noticed this around about 2010 time, okay, really of the Boston marathon bombing and then with the sandy oak shootings this idea came out about in conspiracy culture of um fake terrorist attacks okay where there were no victims the victims were actors or whatever and this has become like a much bigger meme over the past decade in a way that i don't recall anyone talking about this with the 7-7 bombings in london or with 9-11 right there's a tiny number of people who say like yeah the buildings were all evacuated that day or something but not really. I suppose people do talk about it in 9-11 and saying, well, the planes were swapped at some point. And I can only think that's coming from reading Northwoods. Um, so I mean, do you think that's accurate, Adam, that it has had this big effect for, for good, right? Because it, it's no doubt Northwoods is like really big insight into the nature of the state and state violence and false life terror, but also influence the way we're now looking at false life terror. The old proponents, the old guard of the 9-11 conspiracy circles, like Alex Jones, Jim Mars, and Jim Fetzer, actually were the first people to bring up the correlation between Operation Northwoods and the September 11, 2001 attacks. Um, this has a, uh, a double-edged sword feel, if you will. One, it brings light into a covert military operation, which is good to the public. But two, also, it lends to the fact that uh, that the fantastical started to uh, take a head or a stark course because of the, um, the advent of uh, 
swapped out planes or um, CGI and all the other uh, fantastical scenarios that come with it. Um, what, what has happened because of that um, is that now today, if we look at uh, forums today or conspiracy circles today, they become far more uh, extreme in their ideals, in their scenarios. It almost borderlines um, banality, if you will. Uh, I, I hear now that the people who actually saw the planes were under, uh, as of recent, there was a person that actually says that all the people who saw actual planes were under MKUltra type of uh, program, that these people actually are agents of the state, if you will, or every single one of them. Um, so I think that's a detriment in terms of talking about the actual anomaly of 9-11 and but also, too, at the same time, uh, like I said before, uh, the only good you can come that could come from this is that, yes, that there are elements of the Department of Defense or the intelligence apparatus that are willing to do um, detrimental uh, things to even to its own citizenry to achieve a, uh, a common goal. Okay, so I'd like, on that note, I'd like to propose something to you about Northwoods. I've made one proposition that it's had this influence on conspiracy culture, right? And if I'm wrong about that, then I'd be happy to hear where, like, other things have influenced conspiracy culture to go the way it has. But it, it just seems like a connection to me. Um, the other point I make, just to sort of re-quote a couple of things you mentioned, okay? Um, the... In some ways, the Northwoods documents emphasize a care not to harm people, okay? So it doesn't say, like, just shoot down a passenger plane. It says, like, right. place a drone and shoot it down. Um, in, in other ways, not, right? So they, they talk about um, exploding plastic bombs in Miami. Yeah, you can't really guarantee uh, that's not going to hurt people. Injuring Cuban refugees. Well, you know, if you're exploding bombs, what's the distinction between injuring and killing, right? And injuring, what does that mean? You know, like blowing people's limbs off? Um, sinking an incoming boat of refugees, real or simulated, right? So um, it's pretty clear that murderous actions were on the table here. And of course, the whole idea is to start a war. So murder is most definitely on the table. Um, but on the US side, uh, we talked about the airplane. Also, uh, one that strikes me is sinking a ship near the harbour entrance, conducting funerals for mock victims, okay? Um, and they refer to that as a, a remember the Maine incident, right, which refers to the um, sinking off the USS Maine in Havana Harbor, uh, 1897, I'm going to go with, um, which essentially, like, it was used as a justification to start the war with Spain. The, the, the boat was meant to be a Spanish mine. It, it very definitely didn't. The, the explosion was very definitely internal and ultimately attributed to the, the coal uh, bunker exploding. So it was either... Um, either there was a design flaw on those kind of ships where the coal bunkers were susceptible to going up or it was helped along its way to get the war of Spain and ultimately take uh, Cuba and the Philippines. Um, and I don't think there's ever been a conclusive like answer to that. It's only, it's just interesting to see like top US military brass referring to that just casually as if it was a false flag. And I wonder if there is a kind of culture in the military of like a kind of acknowledgement that it was in certain circles. I don't know. But, um, you said, Adam, that it would be harder to do this today, right? And here's what I like my second proposal. 
is that it would have been absolutely impossible to do this stuff in the 1960s, right? Like, how are you going to arrange mock funerals for US soldiers? Like, where do you get the people from? You know, so you've got a load of people stood around crying at this funeral, okay? And now they're all in, right? Because they know how many funerals, how many people come to a funeral? 20, 100, 200, you know? So they're all people who know so <laughs> you know, that this scam has gone on, right? Do they talk? Okay, you've, and, but that's like a, a military boat is still keeping it in the military. If you pretend to shoot down a civilian aircraft, suddenly you've got a whole bunch of non-existent victims, right? Is there any possibility that anyone from the media at any point is going to want to talk to one of their families? You know, um, like we have documentaries made about the families um, who lost people in the Twin Towers, uh, including the Pentagon, right? There's a, there's, there's a really um, insightful and in, in some ways heart-wrenching documentary about um, uh, the victims, the family members of the people on, on Flight 77 and who were working in that wing of the Pentagon that day. Um, so for people who think like the plane didn't crash there, I guess, I guess you, well, I don't know what they would make of that, right? That um, either those people are fabricated or like they were, the family were disposed of in other ways, I suppose. Um, I suppose that's what they make of it. But, you know, you can't, what I'm suggesting is you can't really fake something like that, not now or not in the 1960s. Um, it's just this massive risk. So is it possible that Lemnitzer then, the actual intention was to actually shoot down a plane full of civilians and to actually sink a boat of military personnel and actually kill US citizens? Um, but you can't, he didn't feel he could put that in a policy document and send it to Robert McNamara and President Kennedy. Right now, I don't know, but what I'm suggesting is the plan on paper is completely impossible. It just couldn't be done. And I, because that's what like I would say and you would say about things like faking a Sandy Hook shooting, right? Like I, I, I don't understand with this modern wave of synthetic terror, right? And I mean, really synthetic. I don't mean, you know, like um, double agents pulling off terror. I mean, synthetic to the point where there are no victims. Um, where do people suppose um, the, the pretend victims come from? Like the family members of the kids, Sandy Hook kids, right? Are they like, if they're paid actors, like if, you, if I suddenly saw you pop up on TV and say like you lost your whole family in some terrorist incident and your name's Bob, it's, hang on, that's Adam, you know? He doesn't have a wife and, and six kids, whatever, you know? It's, um, so unless these people are grown in vats underground, and some secret military base, and then, you know, produced for this one role, it's completely, like the counter hypothesis, just to explain how this could be the case, it's completely impossible, right? And I would suggest it was also impossible in the 1960s. So again, I'm gonna mark this out as speculation, because obviously it has to be, but, um, you know, I'm just discussing, it does, has this idea of um, pretend victims ever been a real thing, okay? And can, could anyone point to an example in history where a state has carried out like a false flag thing and actually just made up victims? I get you can do it in foreign lands, okay? Like the whole thing uh, with the Kuwaiti ambassador's daughter saying about babies being pulled out of incubators um, in Iraq that like George Bush used to get the US into the first Gulf War. Well, then you're making up victims. But, it, you know, it's in a war-torn country on the far side of the world. Yeah, you can do that but not on US soil, because the media is not that complicit, right? You can, and, and you're just creating this huge number of people that can talk. So, I mean, yeah, I'll, any comments you wanna 
make about that? Does that sound like a reasonable kind of proposition about Northwoods and current day terror? Um, Wait, I, w I, w I would suggest that with Lemnitzer about uh, creating the fictitious characters uh, so that they can invade a country and take out the regime itself, which also on the same, at the same page, there would be casualties of war. In other words, civilians, more civilians are killed in war uh, than the actual uh, elements that they're fighting against. Um, if they're willing to kill people based on false pretenses, what makes you think they won't kill one of their own to propose to uh, alleviate the, uh, the plan itself? They would. And I think in this day and age, especially with the, the attacks of September 11th, um, to the American citizenry, 3,000 people is enormous, not nowhere near, which is dwarfed, uh, compitiously dwarfed as to how many people were killed in Iraq, which is a million point one. Um, also, I, it's 48,500, according to the World Health Organization uh, in Afghanistan. So just an enormous amount of people have been killed based on false pretenses itself. So if they're willing to do that in, say, Operation Northwoods, which I think, yeah, it, it's borderline, it's speculative to say the least that they will, instead of just creating fictitious characters, that they were going to kill a, you know, a board full of, uh, a plane full of Americans. I, I would suggest that that's true. And I would agree with you in that. Why involve so many more people um, when you could just allow um, a shoot down of an American plane and then use the pretext to invade Cuba. I think that's much more easier, especially in regards to September 11th. And I've always said that the idea of, this is what conspiracy circles, some within the uh, conspiracy circles believe that the hijacked airplanes were switched out for drones and that these airplanes landed at, uh, I think to one person, it was uh, Andover Air Force Base and, uh, or somewhere in Massachusetts. And you, have, you would have to involve the FAA for giving a false trajectory. You would have to involve the military, um, special ops, I would say, um, for killing the people on board those planes and then dumping their bodies. Three, the National Transportation Safety Board who have to decipher the black boxes, uh, the trajectories of those planes. So you're, and also the, uh, no, uh, the numerous dozens and dozens, and we're talking thousands of first responders, firemen, um, Fairfax Search and Rescue, Montgomery from Pennsylvania, from New York, from Washington, uh, who were involved in search and uh, rescue operations in Pennsylvania and Washington, who had um, collected human remains aboard the passengers, who had collected uh, pieces of the plane belonging to the hijack. All those people, we're talking thousands of people now, had to have been either threatened by nefarious agents of the state government, not to say anything and go along the plan, or they were involved with the plan themselves. In other words, you involved so many more people when you didn't have to in the first place. Instead, all you had to do was get NORAD involved, high levels. We're talking about uh, Larry Arnold, uh, Ralph Eberhardt, creating uh, these exercises that would add the intercept jets, fly far away from New York and Washington and allow the hijacked jets simply just to crash into the targets, thereby killing all the people you had to kill anyway. Hmm. Whether you want to say they were piloted or remote control planes, I don't disagree with remote control, by the way, 
because you can't really just leave it up to the hijacking pilots. It could deviate off course at the last second, but you had to kill everybody on board anyway. So that's a lot more feasible, a lot more realistic than involving thousands and thousands of people who weren't involved anyway, and also not to say anything 20 years later. And so far, nothing. I think that's the problem. I think that's uh, what holds back the 9-11 truth community yeah. as a whole. And what, what I don't see with um, that issue around flights 93 and 77, and we've been you know, quite open that you will debate anyone on this issue, right? We've, we've not had any, we've had some takers who have disappeared um, when it comes to it, but we've not had anyone actually go through with that. Um, but it's, there's not a plausible counter hypothesis, right? So there may be problems of eyewitness event, um, testimony, maybe, um, but what hypothesis could you possibly insert that would not be 10 times more complicated and 10 times more crazy? Like a plane flies down and flies over the Pentagon as a missile hits or as a bomb goes off or flight 77 is replaced by an equivalent kind of a plane, which they fly in. Well, there's an easier way of doing it than that. You know, <laughs> just what my replacement, you know, just um, none of them begin to make sense. You know, so I'm, you know, I'm open to being wrong about it, but um, it just seems to me, yeah, like not plausible. And going right back to what seems to me to be the genesis thing, northwards, that doesn't seem plausible either. And yeah, I would suggest it wasn't like on General Lemons's mind, it wasn't ultimately going to be carried out that way. Right. You, you could also think of it this way with Northwood's document, is that they had to show that they were creating a manufactured uh, operation, but without the deaths of civilian lives. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, that's what I'm suggesting. Because that, that, that would actually make Kennedy uh, he said, oh, I'm not going to kill my own people for mm. it. But I, I think Lemnitzer actually overstepped his bounds, thinking that Kennedy would actually agree with the manufactured operation. Well, you know, that, the other interesting thing about it is the document treats this stuff in rather a mundane way. It's just like, yeah, we, you know, it's like, it's as if these are really reasonable, normal suggestions, okay? Right. Um, which implies that this is not some sort of radical departure from the United States military's way of approaching things in the decades prior to that. This is kind of like the norm, is what we're seeing here. I, I, you also remember where this is coming from. This is coming from a fringe neoconservative element that is, in its essence, sociopathic. So if these people are willing to manufacture war with a foreign country based upon uh, obviously false principles and ideals, uh, based on a seven-page document, uh, what else are they willing to commit to? Hmm. Um, so I, I think your 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 uh, speculation is uh, warranted. Whereas I think they would actually kill their own people. In in, in essence, if like if Kennedy actually signed off on that, let's just give let's just uh, go with the uh, the speculation that Kennedy actually signs off on hmm. Northwoods, okay? And they actually do shoot down uh, a U.S. civilian airliner. And Kennedy actually disagrees. Well, he actually signed off on a document knowing that a war was based on manufactured principles. So he really can't yeah, disagree. Yeah, so you, 
you're in, yeah, it's like an induction into a criminal syndicate. Right. Isn't it? You know, yeah, exactly right. You think you signed so, up for one thing, you get something else, and then you're in too deep. Right. And then Glenn could actually say, uh, if we go into a scenario, hey, listen, you signed off on it. What are you arguing about? Yeah. We got what we wanted, right, which was the war with Cuba. Um, so that that's what actually happened. With, with 9-11, it wasn't basically about hijacking the planes. Um, I think we talked about this before. If the World Trade Centers, if the World Trade Centers themselves, one and two, actually survived the plane impacts. Um, that holes would be visible, but America, in essence, it would be like, we took your best shot and we're still standing. The towers actually had to crumble to show defeat. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a very different psychological right. impact. Psychological, it? right, exactly right. Because with the towers still standing, you know, they could give that America's still resolved, the resolving yeah. of American uh, yeah. insulation. Yeah. I mean, people say that about New York. I mean, you're in New York. I'm not, but people, I've heard people say New York, you know, never really recovered from the, it was a different no. city after they came down, right? I, uh, I think I, I told you, I went down to Ground Zero for the first time last year. And since that happened, I could say that New York has definitely, is not as, uh, can I say, be as bold to say arrogant anymore, that bravado, that uh, very assured self. Hmm. Uh, as a public itself, when that happened, it's almost like when's the next attack? When's the next attack? Because when they lost the twin towers, it's almost like they lost the city. They lost that innocence. They lost that arrogance. They lost that confidence. And now it's just like anything can happen um, with the destruction of the two tallest buildings at that time in the world. At one point, um, until the Sears Tower. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. It, it shows that it shows that the United States isn't as safe or New York isn't as safe as they thought they were. Okay, Adam, that, that's enough on Northwoods from me. Do you have anything else you'd like to say about it? I just wanted to do something quickly because it has been very well covered in other places, you know, not like right, the, the obscure sort of stuff we usually go into. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, talk about this specific angle on it, on its influence. Is there anything more you'd like to, to say about it? But I, th I think the only thing I would say is real short is that uh, a lot of people like to say that the 9-11 operation came from Operation Northwoods. And let's say that's, that's uh, quite erroneous, to say the least. The, the idea of hijacking planes and using them to crash into targets came from uh, the Bajinka plot. And that was where the first instance where they wanted to hijack planes and crash them into American targets. Um, that wasn't necessarily detailed in Operation Northwoods. The, the Operation Northwoods document itself was to show that the American government, some elements within the, the Department of Defense are willing to use uh, manufactured uh, events to capitulate on a war. Hmm. Um, so that's the difference between uh, Operation Northwoods and the Bajenka plot and the ideas for 9-11. So if anybody's out there saying that the 9-11 operation came from Northwoods, so don't be, uh, it's a mistake. It, the operation itself came from the Pachinko plot. And that's for another uh, show. Sure, itself. sure, we can talk about that directly. Sure. Thank you very much, Adam. Thank you, Richard.